Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, parenting is amazingly difficult. We talked to Michelle Lodge, creator of the webcomic strip Momentality, about reality in comics. Plus, Biz is feeling better. Woo! I'm feeling pretty good. I've, uh, you know, winter break, holiday break, whatever, was awful. It was just two weeks of total chaos in my house. But the kids are back in school, and I'm feeling better about life in general. I uh, joined a women's woodworking group. We had our first meeting last month. Our second meeting is this month. We're making birdhouses. And I found a local company that is looking for donations of birdhouses. And I just went and met with the person (laughs) and had a little coffee with, you know, with this uh, person. And I just feel like such a self. And it's such a nice change when the last two weeks has just been me with little kids literally hanging off me. So (laughs) things are looking up. Things are good. All right. Bye-bye. You had me at woodworking group. Oh, my God. Bert, I think this is amazing and that you are doing an amazing job. This is all I strive for, right? Just this, like, look, some people love winter break. Some people like being with their children a lot. And that is very good. And I, that, that is a thing. That is a way to be. Some of us don't find that as relaxing. Some of us like to be with our children, but in, in a variety of ways. <laughs> Not always in a house after two years of a pandemic being in a house for winter break where you can't really do much because winter. So I like that you were like, I'm starting to feel better. <laughs> starting to feel better now. And kudos to you for feeling better so soon after winter break. It takes me sometimes months to feel a little better. A woman's woodworking group. I just, I don't know how you found that besides, I mean, I'm assuming you found it through the internet, but that that you gave yourself that is so great. And once a month, that is like a doable, doable thing. And then you went, found somebody to give those birdhouses to. Genius. I just think you're doing such a good job. Everybody, let's just all go out and find something kind of weird to do. Let's do it. I love it. So thank you for calling in and checking in. Speaking of, it's time for thank yous. Thank you. Thank you. There are just an endless number of people to thank. I'm going to get the old favorites out of the way. Everybody in the medical industry, I know, Omicron is on the downswing. That's what I keep hearing on the news. It's on the downswing. But the thing about being in a swing and going down is that can still be terrifying if you don't like that sensation. And it doesn't mean it's over. And it, I mean, we have like the Super Bowl. We have like so many things coming up. Like a muck it up. 
so I just want to say thank you for continuing to show up, whether you are, I make appointments for my folks, for doctor's appointments, eye appointments, dental appointments, all the stuff. And I'm just so thankful that you're still there <laughs> because this has been a strain on everybody in the medical industry, regardless of being a private practice or working in the hospital or being part of the maintenance crew or just helping the hospital run through administrative duties, through cleaning duties, through maintenance duties, all of it. Thank you. Teachers, I know you're so tired and I appreciate that you show up. You really deserve a lot more money <laughs> and I really appreciate that you are still here. Travel industry, as always, thank you. That is, you're just dealing with all of these professions, by the way. Pretty much anybody who has to come in contact with other people. Let's just, this week, I, that's just where I'm going. Thank you to all people whose work makes them come in contact with other people. Thank you for not, you know, shoving us off of a cliff because a lot of us probably come to you and unload our stress on you. <laughs> whether you are working at the grocery store or whether you are working at a pharmacy or whether you are a principal or a teacher or a doctor or the unfortunate person answering the phone making appointments at a doctor's office, you're getting possibly a lot of uh, unpleasantness. And I... I really see you, and you're really nice to put up with it. And I, you, know, you shouldn't have to put up with it. Uh, we should be thanking each other for being really nice to people while they're at their jobs, okay? And probably other times, too. Thank you. But, look, guys, the thank yous, I, I never have enough time or enough space to list all the different people. Just remember to go out there. When you see somebody, <laughs> tell them thank you. It's not weird. I promise. Speaking of not weird, I'm going to talk just a brief second about grief. Grief is a thing that is real and not weird. Last week, I was talking about uh, Steve having to have some surgery and Onion being very sick and needing to move on to the big cat farm or whatever in the sky. And B was just generally unpleased with all of it. It was stress and be out. <laughs> well, first off, Steve is back and doing well. And I mean, not happy because he's in a cone and he got through a surgery. So he's not romping around, but he's out from under the bed. And I call that a huge success. And Onion has moved on. And I will not go into great detail about it because I know that can be very upsetting for lots of us. But what I will say is my response to Onion's passing has been joy and relief. And I know that I could beat myself up about that. But honestly, in watching Onion deteriorate over the last few weeks, I, I think I did a lot of my grieving during that process. And because I loved him so much, the fact that he was no longer in pain and no longer suffering brings me joy. That brings me joy. There will never be another cat like Onion, the one-eyed wonder. 
And I don't want there to be another cat like Onion. <laughs> but I have just been feeling so, I hate saying this, guys. I've been feeling so blessed. <laughs> but I have been. That I got to have this wonderful animal in my life and that I got to be part of helping him move on away from the pain. So I am very happy about that. I'm not happy with the fact that it's part of parenting. I mean, you know, <laughs> losing a pet when you have a family, that everybody's got very different reactions to it, as well as, you know, all the normal stuff that's happening with kids in your house. It's just one of the things that makes parenting so amazingly difficult which I think ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today with Michelle Lodge of Mo Mentality. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, I am very excited to welcome Michelle Lodge, who is an illustrator and comic artist whose signature styles include both a dark and moody noir and a contrasting bright comedic cartoon genre. Michelle has drawn, sit back, everybody wait for it. Michelle has drawn Snorkel McCorkle and the Lost Flipper, Whizbang, the boy robot, and the graphic novel, The Black Wall. She currently works on the Modern Noir series Home Free, as well as her ongoing semi-autobiographical webcomic strip titled Mo Mentality, which is all about finding humor in parenthood and marriage. Well, <laughs> good luck. Welcome, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Fizz. That was a wonderful intro. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, I am very thrilled to have you here. You do a lot of stuff. But before we find yeah. out about all the stuff, I, besides having people in your house, I would like to know who lives in your house. Of course. So besides myself, obviously, <laughs> I have my husband and we have two kids, one seven, one five, and one dog and two cats. I like the thoughtfulness that went into really trying to to say what like it's like was it two cats like there's this like sort of I'm going through the mind Rolodex there yeah two kids yeah <laughs> little mental inventory there that's right well yeah. very good I want to get into comics I'm going to start with Mo mentality. It's your webcomic, semi-autobiographical. Yeah. I love this. Semi-autobiographical. Right. Talk to us a little bit about creating it. Because you're doing other stuff. It's not like you're like, you know what I really need to yeah. do is this. I'm glad that you're doing it. So, but I, so what led to this specific project? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just lay it all on do out it. there and be... 100% honest. This actually came at a very low point for me. So Momentality actually started in 2016. So, you know, 
we all remember before the tragedy yeah. that was 2020, you know, <laughs> 2016 was the other big year. It was just felt like everything was out of control. And on top of that, I had just had my son mm. and I had, I, well, I didn't know it at the time, but postpartum anxiety. So, Oof. and also undiagnosed ADHD. So I was like, everything felt out of my hands. Oh, yeah. And, and very dark. So I really needed something that was like, I got to put this energy somewhere and it's got to be good. So I just started drawing like these moments and trying to make myself laugh. And then, you know, it just kind of took off from there. Yeah, no, it if it made you laugh, it made me howl hysterically. You have one character that is, I'm just going to call her life. And she's a little, I'm like, <laughs> she, I know, she's not a little green monster, but, you know, she's close enough. But, like, one of the ones in your thing is you're standing there, not you, but your character, is standing sure. there very proudly in front of a to-do list. It says, all right, oh, yeah. time to get started on my to-do list. And then life shows up. Hey, nice list you got going here. Girl, did you forget you have little kids? Huh? You ain't getting shit done today. And she rips it off the wall and balls it up. And I was like, that is the greatest moment ever. And then that's followed with your your children are getting ready to leave the house, I think. They're getting shoes on. And oh, right. you're yeah. standing there and you say, we are running late, hun. Can you hurry up. And then this warning, trigger words detected, slowpoke mode activated. Wait, no! You know, like, but that is <laughs> that is so spot on, this, like, the sense of the moment I make the mistake and say, can you get your shoes on? We're about to leave. It's like, I was doing that! And then they're, they're in another room. And I'm like, I don't even know how we yeah. just went from there to here. So I... Right. I this has helped me. Did it help you? Did creating momentality help as you hoped it would help? Oh, yeah, it did. It did. It was kind of like this this place to kind of flip the script in my brain. Like if something, I, if I had a horrible day with the kids, I would think like, okay, how can I make this funny? You know, how's this funny? And then, you know, I would <laughs> right. imagine it as a cartoon and be like, okay, that was, you know, I could use this to <laughs> make someone else laugh, maybe make myself laugh. You just make the situation yeah. happy instead of like... Look, it's, it's happy. It's happy. And everybody's really nice. It's not like Hagar the Horrible or something, right? Where like everybody's awful to each other. Everybody's really nice to each other. It's <laughs> solely about this mom character. And it is happy, but at the same time, it's very true. And mm. it, these are real moments that parents have. And that sort of thing can help with processing, I think. And I yeah. I know that for me doing this show, I'll suddenly start talking about something and making jokes about a thing or, or just talking about something that happened. And then I will find that that has helped me work through it or get on the other side of it. And I would imagine yeah. that getting this onto paper gives you some power of looking back on it. Yeah, for sure. 
it's an outlet and it's a like a place to to vent and and like you said process so yeah yeah it has helped i am so glad that it has helped now let's talk a little bit about comic cliches in fact sure yeah love comic cliches and i'm going to use chocolate as an example given okay this sort of trope in comics in particular i'm i'm thinking of sunday comics or you know any okay. of those sorts of comics I'm thinking of Kathy. We have right. to have chocolate. But it extends to like TV shows and stuff too. There was that TV show, The Closer, yeah. with this like super powerful woman who had like, she just would rip open her drawer and be full of candy and she'd eat it, which I loved. But there's this moment where I realized, God, if I see one more woman eating candy to feel better about themselves, I'm going to kill myself as I reach in my drawer and take out candy <laughs> and eat and eat it like yeah as a as a person who's creating comics do you feel any responsibility or how like in using cliches or do you think yes we should definitely use cliches because they trigger something for us what are your thoughts on cliches <laughs> oh that's so interesting you know i don't think i've ever consciously really thought about it because I do draw a, a chocolate character. Yes. No, they're great. They're your love. That's, <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that was just completely born out of my own obsession with chocolate and how it's like, it's, it's, a, it's an escape. Yeah. It's my uh, sanity helper. Right. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't think about it being in like Kathy or shows like you're talking about Parks and Rec came oh, up yeah. for me, you know, when you're talking <laughs> <laughs> Leslie always had the candy. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Cliches, they can be tricky, but I guess cliches are cliche for a reason. Reason, often, yeah, I think like, so, yeah. True. <laughs> it's got to depend on the way they're used you like know, all things. Betrayed. Yeah, no, I agree. I I 100% agree on that. Like, I, I'm with you on they're there for a reason, right? And you can yeah. pop in chocolate, wine. You can fill those in with a variety of other things. But I think what you touched on about those being sort of a symbol of self, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Like, I know that's true for me where I'm like, this is my private thing. And when I do it, it makes me a self and an adult who gets to make their own choices. Right, Leia? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh, it's hard to feel like a self sometimes. Oh, it's completely impossible. As a parent, yeah. <laughs> well, and like... I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything is everywhere and none of it's yours anymore. Yes. All right. <laughs> she just gave yes. me the most serious, <laughs> heartbroken look. Yes. It's so true. All right. It really is. <laughs> Comic. <laughs> so a million years ago, I did sketch comedy, and it drove me crazy when people were like, like improv. And I'd be like, no, not like improv. And I, <laughs> so I assume okay. there is something similar in the world of comics, because there are comics. When I think comics, I know that there are like the Sunday funnies, right? I yes. think of comic books, like all of my 
DC treasures. And yes. then there are graphic novels, which I guess I wouldn't call comics because we have said, oh, no, they are graphic novels, right? Right. <laughs> and uh, so those are lofty and above us, right? Which is great. <laughs> I'm totally happy to have that. Where are you on what comics mean? Oh, gosh. Ooh, that can mean... Yeah. It's going to get you in trouble. Are... <laughs> You're going to get in trouble no matter what you say. <laughs> Maybe. But comics are kind of like books. I mean, there are books, but like, you know, novels or TV in the way that there's a genre for everything. Like oh, yeah. there's there's kids comics, there's teen, there's funny comics and then there's superhero of course which is probably what comes to mind the first thing that comes to mind for people when they think comics mm. and then yeah the graphic novels which are mainly what I have to defend sometimes <laughs> um, when people think <laughs> I, I draw something um, other than what I do or read yeah you know. I like the idea of it, you know, duh, biz. It's like TV or movies or anything else. There are very specific genres within that world, right? I can say TV show, yeah. but that doesn't mean it's every single TV show all in one, right? It could be drama, it could be comedy, blah, blah, blah. So with comic. Right. And now, okay. See, I'm an old person. And there was no internet when I was a kid. And like, so what I, hear I actually think comics, when I hear comics, I think of the newspaper. I think right. of, you know, comic strips. And yeah. those were such a part of my growing up. Like there'd be some that I would cut out and like pen on my bulletin board. There were some that I just thought really got me. And then there were some I thought were very smug. <laughs> and now a lot of comics now are web comics. Yeah. But I guess I want to ask, what was your introduction to comics, be it strips or books or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the first comics I think that I fell in love with was Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't love Calvin and Hobbes? It's awesome. Horrible people. And people? <laughs> people with no sense of agree. joy in their lives. <laughs> right. I totally agree. And then Archie comics I read when I was young. And then I started exploring like Batgirl. And that sort of blew my mind because the stories were just completely different. And I was oh, like, yeah. whoa. The, the art is different. The stories yeah. are intense. And then, you know, it kind of propelled me like, okay, I want to look at all of this. What else is there? Oh, yeah. Besides the webcomic, besides Mo Mentality, where, I mean, we've already talked about how this project was really about, served a really selfish purpose for you, which is good. I mean, yeah. I use that in the best of, of ways. I think selfish can be a great word. It, it was really meeting a need. Talk to me about your other projects and what drew you to, to them. Okay. Where do I begin with this? So 
I started working with a writer, John Cracky, who I worked on with The Black Wall, and I'm also working on with Home Free. And he was looking for a comic artist and reading through his scripts and just the intensity and the deep, like the dark storylines, the intensity of the story is what I really fell in love with. And I just kind of wanted to bring visuals to that. So I wanted to bring shadows and stark black and whites to that story. And I fell in love with it. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) I really like stories that are are character focused and are kind of like a character kind of getting into uh, a bit of a shit storm that they can't seem to control. It just kind of winds out of control and leads you down a a path and, you know, leads the reader down this wild ride, basically. So it's not superhero focused. It's more realistic. Yeah. And that's what I personally like to work on. It, it's gorgeous. Everybody should go look Aww. it up if you haven't seen it. It's gorgeous. And it is a completely different style than Bo mentality. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, different <laughs> in every possible way, except for the notion of opening a can of worms, as it were, and seeing where that t- takes you. Children in your right. house or other things. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah it's a shitstorm in a another shit, way. Yeah. <laughs> completely a shitstorm in another way. I love it. So you've got... Like that series, which I can totally understand the appeal. I I like, I love the style. I love the stories. I like people being amazing just because they're human and like having to tap into things. Having to tap into things that you either choose to tap into or not, right? Yeah. But then you've got Snorkel McCorkle. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Uh, That's different too, isn't it? Tell me, tell me a little <laughs> bit about Snorkel McCorkle. <laughs> okay, yeah, Snorkel is is oh was a very fun project. Um, <laughs> so Snorkel is about a it's kind of like an eco adventure story that, and the book actually comes with a whole soundtrack. So that's awesome. Yeah, and it's really good. So I know I'm biased, but (laughs) (laughs) seriously is. It's about a young girl who has lost her marine biologist mother at sea. And (laughs) she decides that she believes her mother is still out there. And she decides to sort of take it upon herself to go and try to find her mother. And in in doing so, she learns all these things about the ocean. And she has these animal friends that help her along the way. And it's really fun. Again, it's a very different style of drawing. So yeah, yeah, a different (laughs) look and a different feel. But what I do see coming through it is that a lot of your characters that you're drawing and creating are of color. And I wonder, is that from the author? Is that like, is the author required, like this is like whoever wrote the stories, like here's the story and that's who these characters are or, and or, cause it could be both, are those choices as an artist that you're making? Okay, so both. Okay. So with 
snorkel, I was I was directed there on on the character and and how she would look. Mm-hmm. Um, and with all my other projects, which mainly have been with um, either just myself or with John Cracky, he's pretty much just allowed me to take the script and sort of bring my own ideas to who these characters are and what they look like. Wow. So I was just trying to reflect the world we live in with how the characters look in those stories. Is that normal for the sort of the the writer, the like like John, to be like, I really want your vision to be part of it. I'm sorry. I just, I'm like, <laughs> I hear so many nightmare stories all the time and stuff. And I guess I'm just, I mean, obviously your work stands on its own and you started working with him because it did. And he wanted to work with you because of that and vice versa. But sometimes <laughs> that's not how it works. So is have you found that? Yeah like unusual or especially as a woman in comics in illustration yeah yeah i that's actually really unusual <laughs> i feel like uh, <laughs> fuck <laughs> so yeah usually a writer will pretty much say i want this this color and this specific look and this ethnicity and, you know, make it this way. So it's been a really nice freeing experience, sort of getting able to create my own, my own piece, like put my own vision to his vision and then make something from there. Yeah, well, it's part of storytelling, you know? Illustrations and graphics play I mean from the time our kids are little and they you start reading to them I mean there was a picture on this page and you didn't show me right like when you start making that <laughs> leap to like word heavier books and I'm like oh sorry. yeah sorry I think and I think they also allow a reader to slow down and, and yeah take in the story in a different way yeah but that's a great experience I'm glad you get to have that experience Let's wrap up on what, what is a project that you would like love to do? Oh. Ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, okay, I actually have an answer to this. I have I have a passion project actually Ooh. in in the waiting, right? Okay. My grandfather is from Haiti and he served in the Haitian army and he wrote a book about his time in in the military and it is interesting. I will <laughs> say that. <laughs> Yes. The only thing it is it is in French. <gasps> so I had to um work with my aunt to um she she translated it wow. and so my I do have a plan in the future to create a graphic novel from his experiences. And that is 
that is a dream. And I don't know when I'll be able to work on that, but I hope before long. Do you, I'm like, pitch it, pitch that, pitch that to somebody. <laughs> is that how that works? I mean, like, pitch it, pitch it, pitch it. I, you know, that sounds fascinating. That might be a good idea. Ah, I think you don't I, have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, let me tell you things yeah. you already know. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Miss. <laughs> Actually, I do have one last question. Sure. As we've been talking. You mentioned at the beginning having ADHD. And yeah. I think it's really rare to talk to adults. With ADHD versus like a lot of the focus tends to be on children and initial diagnosis and things like that. Yeah. Can you, do you mind talking a little bit about how ADHD has, is part of your life and your work? Oh yeah, absolutely. No problem. So the wonderful gift <laughs> that ADHD has given me <laughs> is the reason I can do what I do, which is hyper-focus. Mm. And that is like the ability to just shut everything out and tractor beam just right into what you're doing and nothing else exists in that moment. And it feels amazing and productive and you, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but ADHD also comes with a plethora of challenges so, you know, being distracted and forgetting my keys, you know, forgetting a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, anxiety being part of it too. It's been challenging. And only recently have I decided to partake in ADHD medication, which has been helping immensely. So good job. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Yes. Therapy Yay! is brilliant. Isn't it Everybody. the best? <laughs> it's the best. It is literally life-changing. Yeah, I fully <laughs> agree with you. And good job doing it. That It's Thank hard. You. It's hard to do it. It's hard to make the time. It's hard to even set up the first appointment. It's hard to continue. That's the hardest to... one. It really is. And then it's, yeah. I think before kids are in our house, we sometimes have a little more space to say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I need that. I'll do it. And then once kids are in your house, eh, we just fall down. We just say, oh, I could never. Everything, I can't. <laughs> and so I yeah. think it's really hard, yeah. but it's critical. I mean, it's just, it's completely critical. Yeah. So good job. Thank you. You know, I, you, what you said just then is so accurate. It feels... Like you're holding all of these spinning plates, right? And you've got them, you got them, you got them. Yeah. And it feels like if you're going to do anything for yourself, you're going to drop the plates. All the plates. Yeah. Right? You actually have, there is a juggling, I believe it's life, once again. Yeah. Uh, asking, <laughs> do you juggle, essentially? And you're like, uh, what? And then like, she just starts throwing. Like, she's like, you pan out and she's just next, she's on a ladder, with all the balls she's about to throw at you, which I yeah. just adore. Again, it was tagged. I tagged it. No. <laughs> all right, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for sharing 
the tools that helped you and are continuing to help you with parenting uh, with the rest of us, uh, that is a huge deal. As we say, it really helps you feel like less alone when you see like the moments that you have somewhere else. So I yeah. thank you for that. Thank you for all of the other work you create and you're doing an amazing job. Thank you so much. We'll link everybody up to where they can find all your stuff. Everybody knows how to find stuff, but we'll do it. Thank you. I I want to say, Biz, this show that you do is incredibly important. Finding humor and camaraderie in parenting and the difficulties and saying it's okay to not be fucking perfect all the time, you know, and it's so important and so wonderful. And thank you for your show and your laughter is contagious. You're wonderful. (laughs) Or it's a turnoff or people stop listening because they're like, Jesus, that's a horrible noise coming out of her. But that's okay. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think it's so wonderful. You make me smile. Well, I do too. I do too. It's one of those like, you know, we ain't a show for everybody, but we're a show for everybody else. So it's all good. Well, thank you. That means a great deal and I appreciate it. And I do just have to share everybody just like how weird and not the lives we once had are in, in Michelle's background, where Michelle is recording this. On the door, there are... Iron Man decals all over. Uh, you are sitting in a gaming chair, I believe. I am a little yeah. jealous. I'm a little jealous <laughs> of your gaming chair. I don't know what else happening. I don't even know what room this is. I don't want you to tell me. I want to just think <laughs> okay. it's your special room. That is what I'm going to leave us on imagining this. Okay, so just it is lie actually to- <laughs> yes. everybody we will link you up to where you can read these comics where you can support michelle where you can find all of her other work thank you so much thank you biz thank you One Bad Mother is supported in part by Beta Brand. Ever wake up wishing you could just go to work in your comfy pants? Yes, I do. Now you can with Beta Brand's Dress Pant Yoga Pants. These magical dress pants are soft and stretchy and just as comfy as yoga pants, but you will look polished and put together. Guys, you know, like we're all, we're all like, I promise we're going out to the gym. That's why I'm wearing my yoga pants and my workout gear that we have not actually gone to a gym. Well, now you can do it, but with things that feel like your workout clothes, but they look like you put effort in. (laughs) I have a pair and they have like little cuffs and they're bright green because I'm a good time. And they are really comfortable. Right now, get 30% off your Beta Brand order when you go to betabrand.com slash badmother. That's One Bad Mother's special URL. So you're supporting the show when you go use it. So that again, that's 30% off your order at betabrand.com slash badmother. 
Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time! Genius me. Me. Wow. Oh my god. Oh my god. I saw what you did. Oh my god. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, mom, are a genius. Oh my god, that's fucking genius. Okay, I will. I am back in pottery class, everybody. I don't know if you remember many years ago, <laughs> pre the time before the COVID, Stefan had gotten me pottery classes for Christmas. And I was loving it one every Saturday for like three hours I got to go to this little studio and play with mud and it was so great and of course I never finished that pottery class because of the COVID and then the whole center shut down and blah 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 but it's back and I and Stephanie gave me lessons again so I have had my first pottery class and I, it felt so good. And this weekend, I get to get back on the wheel. And I make horrible things. But it is so fun smashing that mud down and building it back up. Smashing it down and building it back up. I like it. They think they call it centering. I find it centering. Anyway, so that is my genius. Hello. I have a genius. I have an appointment today uh, at 3.30. And around 2.30... <laughs> I looked at my husband and I said, I need to go get ready. And our youngest daughter, who is newly two, has an ear infection and she is having a very hard time being away from me. So when I went to go get ready for my appointment, she lost her ever-loving mind. She was having a typical epic meltdown for a toddler. And uh, I was feeling bad about leaving for my appointment. And I sat on the couch with her, and I calmed her down. And miraculously, about 20 minutes later, she just crawled off my lap and found a toy and started playing with it. So I looked at my husband, and I said, I should just go now. (laughs) And he goes, yeah, you should just sneak out. So I self-left my house a good 40 minutes before my appointment. And now I get to do whatever I want. (laughs) Okay, that's my genius, is abandoning my children without their knowledge, which is kind of mean, but I think they'll be okay. All right, bye. I love this. I love this so much. You are a genius. That I have had to sneak out, right? And that is why, if you are in a situation in which you have a partner, that they can carry that load. They can carry that helping your child through the discovery that you left. (laughs) And I really appreciate and want to say what a genius you are for enjoying that. Good. You should. I think it's great. You are doing a great job. Okay. Failures. Fail. 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 You suck. Fail, Mimi. Guys, this is, this is lame. It sounds like a Kathy cartoon, and we all know how we feel about Kathy here. We've had the lovely creator of Kathy on this show. It's ama- I say that with the most respect to Kathy, but last week, I believe I had talked about having eaten all this 
chocolate just to fill the space <laughs> that needed to be filled. And I made myself sick. You know, I made myself not feel very good. Okay. So here we are. Now, I got to tell you what this chocolate was. This chocolate was birthday chocolate. It was Christmas chocolate. It was special chocolate that Stephanie got me. It's this super delicious bar. I think it's called like Tommy's. I don't know. I'm horrible. Like, it doesn't matter. We're not getting paid for it. It was delicious. And it's like chocolate with caramel, uh, like crunchy bits inside of it. It's like, I, I, again, I sound like a cliche. It's transcendent. And because I ate it all, I had, because usually I kind of split it up, break it up and enjoy it for as long as I can. This time I just ate it all. And now I'm very sad. I don't have any chocolate. I don't have it in my house anymore. Not just any chocolate, that chocolate. Not, I mean, all right. Guys, we just all reach a point. I'm almost 50. Hi, Biz and Teresa. This is uh, me calling with a fail. I should have been a genius. I, like, started going to a gym, like, six weeks ago, and I got into a routine, and I was doing really good self-care, and I was, I was like, making it work. You know, I kept having to reschedule because, obviously, my kids were sick from school. <laughs> Super genius, except what I forgot was, because it's like the winter and I've been covered up, is that I have armpits. Oh. And that I prefer to have them shaved. And it would be fine if I had, like, made a choice. Like, I'm not shaving my armpits. It's fine. Like, I'm cool with that. But that's not what happened. I just forgot that that was something that used to be on my sort of bare minimum level self-care. Mm. I mean, it's not even self-care. What is it? Like, bare minimum hygiene. <laughs> but I just didn't even remember it was a yeah. thing that I used to do. And so I've been rocking the tank top with the hairy armpits, which would be fine, like I said, if that had been my choice. But it wasn't <laughs> my choice. It was just me forgetting how to be a person in the world. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, I didn't, I forgot I had armpits. Yeah. Uh, you're doing a great job. I'm not today. Have a great day. Uh, yep. Your failure is for getting armpits. I, my 100%. I, there, you said one thing that really, really, I thought it was spot on. And it was, I had essentially forgotten a thing that I used to do when I went out into the world. And that is real. Pandemic, no pandemic. Once kids were in my house, there were lots of things like that where it's like, did I used to do that? Did I, did, did I used to shave this or that or make sure I had this or that or whatever? That is real. And that's a frightening thing to discover. I do want to salute you for uh, just being so mindful as you described the fact that this was something that bothered you, but that others out there like to be wild and free in the pitters. You know, you could think of it as a chance to try something new, but really, it just made you feel bad. <laughs> You're doing a horrible job being nice to yourself. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I...
Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Our comedy podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, just celebrated its 15th anniversary. It was a couple months ago, but we forgot. Uh, yeah, completely. Our, our silly show is 15 years old. That makes it old enough to get its learner's permit. And almost old enough to get the talk. Wow, I hope you got the talk before then. A lot of things have changed in 15 years. Our show's not one of them. We're never changing and you can't make us. Jordan, Jesse, go the same forever at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Prepare yourself for the greatest pro wrestling podcast spectacular known as Tights and Fights. A back-dropping audio showcase that helps you understand the world of pro wrestling with a lot of love and no toxic masculinity. Featuring host Danielle Radford. Time to kick butt and chew gum, and I'm all out of butts. Lindsay Cow. I'm a brutal Brit, and my fists were made to punch and hit. And Hal Loblin. I was doing the voiceover this whole time. Hear us talk about pro wrestling's greatest triumphs and failures. And make fun of its weekly absurdities. On the Perfect Wrestling Podcast. Tights and Fights. Every Saturday, Saturday, Saturday on Maximum Fun. All right, everyone. It's time to listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, Biz. This is a rant. An angry, rage filled COVID rant. I'm just getting really, really fucking tired of doing everything right and and trying to play along by, oh, everything's over, the pandemic's over, you know, bullshit, which it's not, especially when you have an eight-month-old who can't be vaccinated. But, you know, I'm going to work and I'm wearing a mask and nobody else is, but I am and I don't get to go out and do anything for fun. But, you know, heaven forbid I actually go into public and see a friend masked once every three weeks and then come to find out, oh, well, they weren't quite as careful as I was and they've been exposed to COVID and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Why is it that those of us who are doing all the work, we're still getting shit on? Even by people who also are trying to do the work, but I'm just, I'm tired. I'm tired. (laughs) so fucking tired. So I'm outraged walking my dog because I love my daughter, but I have already been in the house with her for 10 days because, you know, daycare was closed last week for a COVID exposure. So, you know, I'm over it. I'm over it. Thanks for the hotline. You're doing a great job. And when I'm done feeling like I'm going to burn the world down, eventually, so will I. Okay. You are doing a great job job i hear that anger that anger is real and you are allowed to be angry and it's one of the things we're all trying to work through during this processing of what life is now and you know what it's okay to be mad it is frustrating and it is angering to try and walk through the world knowing that you're part of 
the human race that needs to help others, right? Like, yeah, there's a pandemic. We, you know that. There are a lot of people at risk during this pandemic that is older people, people with autoimmune issues, people with just regular old issues, but yet people who have diabetes, people with heart issues. I mean, there are so many different illnesses that if they don't directly impact you, it's very easy to forget how COVID could impact them in a way that's different from you. And then all the kids under five, right? Like that, it's a lot of kids. And that as a parent, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it is sort of like being like, we all are going to put our seatbelts on in the car. You know, like you, you are. If I have a kid in my car, I'm going to make sure that they put a seatbelt on, right? Helmets, right? You know, when you're out riding a bike, these are uh, all the things that we already do to make the world a little safer for each other, especially for those who can't do anything for themselves yet, okay? That's a big responsibility, and it's really hard, and I totally understand that frustration, and I understand the need to you know, we call it having a grown-up tantrum about it. Um, why can't everybody just understand? Why can't they just get it? Just put on, I don't care if you believe in it or not, put on a fucking mask. Who cares? Like, how does that hurt you? And if it does hurt you, then encourage the people around you to do it so that you're safe, right? Like, <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes we just genuinely need to rant and yell about it. We know we can't always fix it all. We know some things aren't going to change. We know we're going to keep doing the right thing. We know that others won't. And we try to be mindful and give grace to all of those around us. But at the same time, we get to be angry about it. And, and being angry you know, anger is not the most thoughtful of feelings. <laughs> it's, it's definitely like a reaction to your own needs not being met by others on some level. And so I, I, I just think that it's great that you called and that you vented. Venting and acknowledging anger is really important. I think you're doing such a great job and not just with this but with having kids in your house good job wow what a show what a show i gotta tell you i i never want to stop doing this show because if i do then i get to stop talking to remarkable people and you know remarkable comes in all types of packages and I really just find it such a joy to talk to people. So thanks for letting me continue to talk to people. What I am reminded of today is that feeling of isolation and how you can suddenly find yourself there and feeling like you are the only one who is struggling 
You are the only one with a kid who's not sleeping. You're the only one with a tween who just like cut all their hair off at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, not talking about anybody specific. You are the only one trying to balance two jobs and kids or your sandwich generation. I mean, guys, the list is endless. And the list is endless because you're not alone. We're not alone. I think we actually share a lot more than than the things we don't share. And I, I think having kids in your house is such a great starting point for finding those ways to support each other, see each other, hear each other. It's a wonderful way to learn how to listen as well as to share. And I can never say it enough. No matter how tired you are, no matter how burned out, no matter the crying, so much crying, it's okay. No matter how sticky you are, <laughs> all of it, you are not alone. You are absolutely not alone. If you haven't found your people yet, you will find them. You can always start with us. You are doing an incredible job. And I will talk to you next week. Goodbye! I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.